We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire. Joined on this Thursday, June 24th by Andy Black, always joins us here for the So Rare Andrews podcast. This week we are talking the lineup bundle, which uh, I think is going to answer a lot of questions for some and probably confuse others because I, every time try to make lineup decisions, I go to Andy and then Andy gives me a reasonable response and uh, I still make the wrong decisions there. But Andy, how's it going? Great. I'm ready to talk about, um, I guess, building the right or the quality lineups and not the quantity lineups, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to end up doing quantity again and, and <laughs> ruin everything. So I did a, I made the, a fundamental quant, uh, quantity over quality decision last week and it cost me a better card. I'll say that like the lineups ended up being okay, but it absolutely cost me a better card. And I have a big lineup decision this week after I, <laughs> tanked i finally got stack corrected most likely out of this card in d2 or d3 excuse me um which is kind of a little tilting here for a thursday night going into the next game week you know what's tilting when you get all caps questions from uh sean newsham on the uh chat over here he really, says i have uh, questions <laughs> when can i ask ask them now get them out of the way i uh for those watching on youtube you'll be able to see this sorry for those who are listening to the audio version of this podcast but sean described this correctly and I'll put it up on the screen here. It was moronic was uh, my lineup decision from last week. I'll be honest, I talked to Sean about this as well, and it wasn't quite as, he understood why I did it. And uh, I think it was a little less moronic than, than it turned out to be. So I, I actually don't know the lineup decision that you're talking about. So do you want to just walk us through it real quick? Yeah, so uh, I have uh, Go Hitano uh, from FC Tokyo, the U23 goalie. And I was going to play him in um, global D4 because I didn't really have a great U23 team. And so it turned out I had guys for a U23 lineup, uh, one of which was um, Thomas Suslov, who was very unlikely to play in the Euros. But there was a possibility that if he subbed on, uh, it was going to be I was going to be able to do something with it. And so as a result of me playing Hitano in uh, U23, I had to use uh, Matt Visafanov, the Russian goalkeeper, who's also U23, but a common uh, in Global All-Star. 
And so I went into the global all-star thinking, uh, I'm going, I'm just playing for thresholds. Like, so that's that. And of course, the first guy I have in my lineup is Akitu Fukumori, who I captained and dropped a 100. And so now I'm like looking at this lineup that could make some noise and I have a common goalie in there. Um, it turns out that I ended up with a tier two card with, in global D4, which would have been a tier one, very close to a star, had I just played Hitano, who scored like 75. Uh, but I split them, or I basically used Hitano and U23 because, hey, I could get a U23 lineup in also. And uh, it wasn't like a total train wreck, but it definitely capped my upside there. Yeah. Yeah, that's like classic uh, quantity over quality happening right there, and and I've had it happen plenty of times. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad it's finally happened to you, and you get to experience the dread of that. What what I think is actually the problem, not a problem, but the the issue that I had making this lineup is because we have this fallback of the threat threshold in global D four. I think I make lineups just for the threshold and winning a card there is hard. It's easier than it's ever been, but it's still hard. And yeah. so I I think I made that lineup just to get the threshold. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, if all my guys hit, I could really win something here. And then most of them hit and I had a goalie that literally couldn't score more than 50. Um, so I think like the threshold, the safety that you, that, is provided with the F threshold almost makes um, makes you make safer lineups for global D four. And it kind of cost me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so it is. Looks, so those are basically so, the questions, the yeah. topics we're, ta we're talking about this week. Um, obviously we're the experts here of, of telling people how to make lineups, but I think uh the, I remember when I first started doing so rare content and a lot of people, there, I, there were a few people who said, there's really no good content about lineup construction. And I was like, okay, let, let's see like what this could be all about. And I think the hardest problem is that uh, the, the real answer to every question, lineup question is it depends. And people hate hearing that, mm -hmm. but it just depends on so many things, not even counting just like, what cards you have, but like every, every game week is very different. And so you can't just go in being like, I always play two defenders. You know, I always use my extra spot for a defender or I never do two forwards and I never captain a goal. Like you, you, you really cannot make any of these like sweeping decisions on lineups to say, I'm going to do this forever because it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, every week there's different, different things happen, different teams are playing. Uh, uh, your, your gallery can only be so big. I mean, if you had every card in the game, then certainly you could um, make decisions that are very linear like that and, and just say, Hey, yes, I'm never playing. I'm always playing two defenders or I'm always playing a defender in the extra slot. I ideal world that might be the case, but um, like this weekend, is it the ideal world? No, we don't have Europe going. We don't have all of our cards in play. So what are you yeah. going to do? You're, you're going to have to pivot and, and make decisions based on the moment. Yeah. I think fundamentally, like if, 
it's best to like prioritize what lineups you want to build or, or maybe like what cards you want to win and, and work towards that. And maybe, maybe the ideal cards you want to win actually doesn't work for you that game week. But like, do you look at prizes before you make lineups? Yeah, but sometimes it doesn't matter. Like Sean and I talked about that uh, uh, before this week started. U23 Division Two was a complete, complete joke dumpster of a. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, complete dumpster fire, and like top seven win a card, but three through seven are just tier three super rares. And if you look through them, uh, I love winning cards. And I'll, I, I love winning cards, but man, there's some rough ones in there. And, and to really have it capped off at a tier two is just like, eh. Um, and I get it. It was a, a, a midweek, whatever, but it was very disappointing. And uh, we, we talked about that. But guess what? We both played Division Two U23, because we had cards that made sense this game week, they fit into that lineup. And if you actually looked at the percentage of you know people playing versus how many people get cards, it was higher than Division Three. Mm-hmm. So U23 Division Three was incredibly difficult to win a card. So yeah, we could have made maybe we could have used some rares and made those lineups super elite, and then went for D3. But then your chances of winning are even lower. So I ended up putting a team together, played it in D2. Um, and I, and Sean did the same, even though we, before the week even started, we were, we were talking about how we're not playing it, or I guess we didn't say we're not playing it, but we just both agreed that, man, that, that division sucks. Were there any cards in that lineup that you thought were better in others, but you played it in U23 just because you needed the lineup? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miles Robinson, it would be probably my best defender, uh, MLS defender that I own. And it's funny when I'm building the lineups, I'm like kind of setting him aside, saving him. I'm like, well, he can play U23 for seven more days. I might as well get seven more days of use out of him, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's actually like the hardest thing for me is using U23 players, not in U23 contests. And I think Sean actually mentioned this on the the Hybees podcast when he was on that one week he used Martin Vandevort in Challenger Europe. And he did, he was like, I knew that pretty much nobody in that contest was going to have him because if you have him, why wouldn't you just play him in U23? But it sounds like you always keep Robinson in U23 anyway. Not for long, but... <laughs> And there's been weeks where I haven't. Like, if I can't make a good U23 team, then it's no sense putting an elite player in a non-elite lineup. So I would rather grab him and and move him into America or All-Star where I can make an elite lineup. So there is, you know, some give and take there. You know, I'm not always going to just say he has to be in U23. It definitely depends on matchups, other things. Like, if all my U23 players have crappy matchups or you know, my, my, my strikers not playing that week or something. Um, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll recycle him into another lineup, but that's kind of the thought process that goes into a lot of these decisions is, you know, can I make an elite lineup or can I make a close to elite lineup and still have another lineup? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Cause you don't want to not have another lineup. Heaven forbid. Right. right. Um, heaven forbid there. Uh, So one of the topics that 
we've talked about a little bit is stacking. And it, it seems that uh, the, the five-man stacks are a little aggressive, which I've learned uh, from my River Plate days. They're just, you know, it's either you're in or you're out. And so that's kind of the problem. With you got to win for nothing. Yeah. And so uh, maybe not even for nothing, but you need to you need a decent team performance all the way around. And while it feels a little easier because you're like, oh, I just need one game to go right. Um, you know, there are plenty of guys on the field that that can do it, can can score that you may not have in your lineup. But this goalkeeper defender combination uh, seems to be like locked in for you, at least like in an ideal world, if you were, you know, setting lineups, would you always have a defender with your goalie? I'll always try. I mean, there's, there's moments where, you know, I can't do it or I haven't uh, planned out that far in advance. I mean, if you look through my lineups, you won't see every lineup having a goalkeeper and defender pair, but I like to do it just because when they do clean sheet, you get that, that bonus point. It You get, you get that. It's what, what, what do you guys in DFS call it? You, you have one uh, correlation. Uh, yeah. You, you only need one thing to happen, basically one clean mm-hmm. sheet in one game and you get points on both. So um, yeah. So I, I like to have them together, but I don't always do it just because I haven't planned all of my lineups that far in advance, which right, is right. on me. Um. Yeah, so this uh, came up a little bit. Um, we were talking before about some of these Germany auctions, and one of the players that you uh, brought up was uh, Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, and you were saying like he's he's a good player. He obviously plays for Chelsea. He's a solid champion Europe mm-hmm. defender, but there's a possibility that you could never have the opportunity to pair him with his goalie with Mendy. Uh, yeah, for in during you know the club season. Because we don't have Chelsea yet, and uh, you know, obviously Edward Mendy is their goalie. I don't think that's affecting prices that much because I don't think I don't think people think enough about pairing goalkeeper and defender. Um, but also because I think people tend to buy a defender after they buy the goalie. Like I don't think you're buying a defender maybe. and you're like, maybe I should go get the goalie too. I feel like it's goalie is such a priority for a lot of people in terms like a financial priority that, I mean, maybe if you already have defenders, you try to get one that you have the goalie with, but I feel like the goalie is where you should start. Yeah. Think? I, I, th- I think if you look at Rudiger's scores, he's pretty close to, to fitting the bill of somebody that you might call elite or, or at least close to it um, mm-hmm. when he does play um, or at least above average. Um, I think certainly not being able to ever pair him with the goalkeeper uh, is a knock against him, but I don't know that it's, it's, it's not priced in. I don't think people care enough. Um, I think people just see these new cards and they're like, Ooh, got to have them. I know this guy um, plays for Chelsea. Great big club. I'm buying them. Right. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of thought that goes in and, 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 and people are thinking, Oh, well I may never get to, may never get to stack him. And that was the, that was one of the first things I told you, like I'm a Chelsea fan. I would love to own him, but I'm not paying that price right now when I know that I won't ever be able to stack him. Same with Zuma. Yeah. Although Zuma's not nearly as good of a 
good of a player. He doesn't score nearly as well in the matrix. Right. Right. And he could leave too and be paired yeah. with another non goal, non so sure. goalkeeper. Um, so I, I feel like we've talked about this before the, of how few double forward lineups we see. You have one this week. Um, and I think you play it pretty regularly. If I remember correctly, I try not to, um, I, 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 I don't like playing double forward lineups. Uh, I I just get forced into it a lot of times. But but this particular week, I played both uh, Chibilko and uh, did I say it right? And yeah, I think uh, you nailed it, yeah. And Polito, and uh, it it didn't go it didn't go great. Neither of them have had a decisive. Um, Polito didn't even start. So uh, I I just think you're so reliant on a goal. And it's not like goals are just falling out of the sky. So to play two uh, forwards, I mean, man, you're really you you really need more luck. I feel like uh, I would rather have like in a lineup. I would rather have one CDM and a guy like Michael Bradley, who I have in there right now. Um, of course, I would rather have Ladero or uh, Pozuelo or Gil, but. Uh, I don't, (laughs) um, but I'll take a guy that churns and keeps the lineup alive. And then I would rather have like a high upside midfielder than, than two forwards. Yeah. I think the, just fundamentally like the midfielders like that. I mean, obviously those are the elite of the elite midfielders, but, uh, and it sounds silly, but like their path to a hundred is a lot easier than those just basic center forwards. Typically it's, you know, like. Ladero could could churn out enough all around to get maybe one or two uh, uh, decisives would get him to a hundred. I mean, what did what did Giel have this week? Like hundred? It was like well over a hundred points. I think he had three assists. Yeah, three assists, and yeah, an, an absurd all around as well. Like I think he yeah. probably would have been in the one fifty range if we didn't cap it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I would like one as well, just so just to put that out there. Um, if somebody if wants to trade you one for cheap. Right. Just like, <laughs> but like really cheap. I think one went for 0.7 today and I was like, Oh, okay. That's where we are now. He would have had um, 110. It's... Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Um, so do you make a, do you have a preference between defenders and midfielders for the extra spot? Um, <clears throat> it depends. <laughs> Like we, like we said, it always depends, right? Um, if I own two defenders from the same team as the goalkeeper, I kind of like that play. Um, but it, it doesn't, you don't always have to do that. I mean, if, if, if they're elite players or they're above average players and you can put them together, then yeah, it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense and you, and you shouldn't do that. Um, I like playing two midfielders as well. I also don't always think that like I know that we talk about like correlation offensively and try to get the midfielder and the forward together I don't know how much that helps <laughs> like attacking correlations yeah mid- yeah yeah or Wait, even midfield or, or midfield forward midfield midfield I don't know how much that helps I I agree with you the the number of I think people think of uh, attacking correlations as like oh I'll just get two decisives because one will get the goal and one will get the assist Easy but peasy. It, just hap- it happens so rarely. Um, like even league leaders uh, combinations happen like five to six times a season. And so you're just uh, thinking, if, 
if you're playing real them the whole year, you're not getting much quick, out of it. Real quick, Sean's just begging us to answer his stupid Chicago <laughs> Fire question, and and it's directly re- relevant to this because he had uh, Medrin and and Barrick who, you know. Were, were awful the entire game. And uh, actually, I don't think that they were. But, uh, you know, Laird and I are not huge fans of this Chicago Fire stack. I don't know why. And, uh, <laughs> it's a, the, the StreamYard doesn't like it so much, I can't even pull it up on the screen here. But, yeah, um, yeah. so it's, it's a five-man Chicago Fire stack. And what he fails to mention is guess who his midfielder was? It was Midron, wasn't it? He had two oh, no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. It was it was a four man because he has Frankowski who is gone uh, mm-hmm. at Euros. So, yes. So Sean is trying to um, brag that he won a card with the Chicago fire stack, that Carlos uh, Heel was his <laughs> captain as if he now plays for Chicago. So we got uh-huh. 120 points uh, from that one. So, uh, Sean, I think you just cheated. On it was a, Chicago a lot. Fire stack. I think it was a lot more than that because it was super rare. So it was like 100 and. Oh, okay. you're 150 points or something, but right. yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But good play on him. But yeah, his actual question, does he play Chris Mueller or Lucas Cavallini in division one this week? If we say Mueller and he's benched, he blames us. And if we say Cavallini and Mueller starts, they'll bl- he'll blame us. So, so Cavallini is against Seattle, which is a tough matchup. And then Mueller has an easy matchup against Miami, but Orlando has been rotating a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Good no, luck. Yeah, I mean, they obviously uh, Orlando's got uh, Nani, and they have uh, Daryl Dyke now too. So I think Mueller plays, but they also have Cavalini's that an Waters. interesting, interesting one because he has a pretty good all-around score usually for a forward. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I think I end up playing Cavallini because I just, am, I assume he starts. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't last week. Right. The Brian, or, or last weekend? Yeah. Whatever. Bri- that Brian White guy started or whatever. Yes. Super annoying since I have Cavallini also. Yeah. Not in Division One. <laughs> I would play a Lucas Cavallini in Division One if they let me, but I, I can't. So. Yeah. Okay. I think I lean Mueller. You lean Cavallini? Uh, I, I think so, only because I, I'm. Do you think you know what's Mueller- funny? You know, Do you think funny? Mueller starts? Is that why you think that's the answer? No. I don't oh. know what happens, but I just like the matchup. I don't like oh. Cavallini against Seattle at all. But, you know, who knows? Real Salt Lakes scored a goal against them this week. so. And I wasted it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think really you're flipping a coin here is kind of what it comes down to. That's a, like the worst possible answer that we could give them. So that's how yeah. I feel good giving that. Yeah, I feel good about that too. He doesn't need our help. Um, no, yeah, exactly. Black's assumption on what I think is accurate. Okay. There you go. Nice. Um, we also had uh, a Twitter question that pretty much lines up with this. Um, but basically, like, we, this is from uh, Vespasian at uh, FTI underscore Emperor. Uh, which way do you lean if you have a doubt about a player starting? Well, this is like if Sean, this is probably Sean's burner account now. What would you do? Which way do you lean if you have a doubt about a player starting, but if he does start, you're confident he would get a big score versus a player you are confident will start, but will likely get an average score? I mean, this is exactly what Sean's question was. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? 
depends on the division. Okay. Uh, like all-star D4 where we're churning out uh, thresholds. I always want the guy that starts. Regardless, okay. I don't care what he scores. Just give me the 35 points and I'll hope that I can make it up somewhere else. Um, it depends on the quality of the rest of my lineup. I mean, if, if I have four studs in that lineup, uh, I might be willing to just go with the guy that's for sure going to start. Uh, if I have, if, if the lineup's a little eh and it just needs a little pop, I might go with the guy that's more explosive and he may not start, but he's got the, the higher ceiling, if you will. And that might be where I, I lean there. It just seems like the answer is like the you take the bigger risk, which is obviously the player uh, in the easier matchup that's a doubt to start. You take that risk in a lineup that you can take the risk in. Like if sure. you're confident that if you love, you know, a certain division and you think you have a, a pretty good lineup for it, that's probably not where you want to take the biggest risk. If you think the five guys you can play you know, can get you there. But if you're like, ah, these four guys are okay, maybe I need some real upside, then yeah. I think you take the risk there. The biggest benefit is that these are all free contests. It's not like you're losing hundreds <laughs> or thousands of dollars this specific game. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that not I just right laugh because I just laugh because it's their quote-unquote free contest. I mean, <laughs> they're they're not. But the, the cost to me uh, entering this week versus next week is the same. Maybe. I mean, that kind of takes us to our next question. Um, and it's not a question that anybody asked, but what, what do you do when you don't have um, – maybe you're, you're short a card for a game week? I you Pay that entry fee and buy another card? <laughs> I, <laughs> that's a great way to look at it. Um, I – have had this issue come up and uh, it's funny because we talk about these cards and how we can have them forever. And a lot of people are like, if you, I, I've seen people on Twitter being like, take the, how much uh, the card costs now and, you know, like amortize that over 10 years. And, and it's like a really cheap card now. And it's like, I, I can't fathom anyone is really buying these cards thinking that they're going to have them for 10 years. Like I just, I really fundamentally can't believe that anyone thinks this, but it's funny when those same people are like, I need a card right now and the game week is closing. So let me overpay for this card. I, I have absolutely bought cards for a single game week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've had, I had a card where I bought it on Thursday for the Friday deadline played it that game week and sold it on Monday for yeah. exactly what I bought it for. So like, it's like basically renting a card um, without an official loan system. But like, I think plenty of people do it and I see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, <clears throat> I do it too. I don't know that it's always the best decision. I mean, Oh, I'm it's, sure it's usually not. <laughs> usually not. I mean, you resold that card though. So I, that was obviously the right decision. You were able to, flip the card immediately. I bought that Espinosa. I think we kind of talked about that on stream with Quinny, but I bought that for a single game week. It won me a Julian Gressel, which whatever. If I wouldn't have bought that card, I wouldn't have won that card. Mm -hmm. um, that said, now I have a Gressel and an Espinosa that I haven't <laughs> done anything with. So <laughs> I guess I've played them in a few lineups or whatever, but um, 
I don't know. Will I, will I hold on to those for, for long? He's it, it's a nice filler card. So I kind of am just keeping it as depth. I can't, I can sell it for a little bit, but I don't know. I think if these midweeks have taught us anything, it's that having depth is very helpful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Except he's just old. Yeah, he is. Gressel's not, but yeah. So have you thought about selling, you're just going to hold it for now? I think so. Maybe later in the season, um, if I can maybe churn out another depth piece or something, I'll sell Espinosa, but uh, I'm kind of content keeping it right now. Do you think a loan system would have been helpful? I don't know. Like that would be the another answer for, for what to do in a scenario where you have four cards or something prior to a game week is maybe loan a card from a friend or someone else, or like Jimmer talked about in that, and that other podcast that we had where he would like to see some kind of like elaborate loaning system. I think it'd be cool. I don't even know that it has to be elaborate. I would just like to see them have some kind of um, regulated loaning system where people could do it, maybe avoid the penalties, but it could at least be, you know, regulated in some fashion. Maybe there's a limit to the number of transfers you can do or a limit to the number of loans that you can do in a game week or something, but there definitely needs to be regulation on the way that that works. Mm-hmm. Cause right now, I mean, it's kind of or in the past and right now it's kind of unregulated. I know that the penalty prevents people from doing it, but um, as Jimmer says, there's kind of zero risk to doing it. And so has to pay the fees. I mean, it, it definitely hasn't stopped it. I mean, people are quite open in, in the discord asking for loans. And so mm-hmm. I assume that if people are asking, there are others who are willing to do it. Um, yeah. I think the, the regulated part just, I think has to just be length. Like, do you want the card for a week? Do you want it for five game weeks? Do you want it for the entire season? Like, it seems like that's stuff that could be done, right? Sure. And they don't, I, they, honestly, they don't even have to transfer the card, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't know the way that their tech works right now, but certainly once they go to the scaling platform, if they did want to transfer the card, they could for very little amount. So right. we'll see. Uh, and I, I don't know that that's uh, necessarily the answer either. Um, I don't know that I 100% want to see some kind of loaning system. It might be cool. It might not be. I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts on submitting a four-player lineup? Um, it so seems like... You got a DNP goalie. It's a midweek. You got nothing else. I mean, I've done it before. For sure. Yeah. Just to get, you know, I do it just so I don't have to make another training lineup because <laughs> I feel like I'm getting something out of it. Um, although yeah. with the way that some of these uh, summer tournaments have gone, like people are winning stuff sometimes with zeros. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think there's been a few like U23 midweeks where, you know, there was only like a couple goalies playing or something and people scooped rewards. I know Sean scooped a reward with a DNP. Um, and then certainly you can go get your thresholds in all-star D4 with, with the DNP if, you know, you don't have a goalkeeper or something. Um, do you know, I'm going to combine these. You know, what I would love is being able to loan common cards. Yeah. I just think that you should be able to redraft them whenever you want. They just lose, (laughs) they lose the benefit or the XP or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. Or trade those or loan them or whatever. But I still think that (laughs) get into, get into another topic that annoys me is commons. Uh, they drive me absolutely nuts. I think that they're kind of unfair, uh, especially when you look at the Euro competitions right now. Uh, oh. Sean over there has got an Mbappe common uh, that would be pretty nice to have right about now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have absolutely zero commons I can use in the Euro tournaments. So boo-hoo for me. Um, yeah, I just think that like if I wanted to dump all my commons and get new ones, I should be able to do it. And there's, I'm sure there's plenty of new players right now or quote unquote new players that might've maybe started three months ago when, you know, the Belgian league was going or Syria and maybe they chose Juventus as their favorite team. And they have all these players from uh, Europe. And right now, uh, well, right now they might be okay because they, they can play in the Euro competition, but they theoretically could be in a position where they can't play in any, uh, any uh, game weeks, and that's just silly. Yeah, the the superstar commons uh, using having the same power in the weekly. Like, I I totally get why they do it. Um, but it's yeah. Sean said that Mbappe actually screwed him over twice. I feel really bad for you right now, Sean, that you have that <laughs> Mbappe common. Um. Yeah, I took down uh, You Never Walk Alone in this Blackpool Cup, and he played a, an Mbappe. So I know that Mbappe hasn't been delivering for people. But yeah, um, yeah Sean's Sean's uh, Mbappe. Oh, that's a bummer. Sorry, Sean. Uh, um, but no, I um, I think I think you should if like if you could make a lineup, even with a DMP, I think you should always just make the lineup. And and that doesn't mean to make other lineups worse, but in any situation, just get a lineup in like it doesn't, 
it doesn't hurt, hurt you at all. And you get the benefit if you, you get four outstanding scores, you know, if you get four 100s and a zero from your goalkeeper, like you're okay. And so, and even people who, uh, you know, cash with common goalkeepers in global D4 or any really D4, like we've seen, you know, 50 point goalie scores that get cut in half and they still win cards. So a zero, like, yes, it's, it's tough, but like absolutely always at least submit the lineup. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think more of, I guess more of where I was going for is like, when, when would you do it? Or, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I get into situations sometimes where it's like, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm obligated to buy a player because of the quality of the lineup. Like this lineup is too good to submit in the, in the training lineups. And like that, that, a good example is when I bought Espinosa, that's exactly, I could have submitted four players. But it was like, ah, this is the only MLS game going this midweek. And I had four players that were not only playing, but were above average players. Sure. And it was like, ah, I, if I just submit those four, I probably don't want a card. Bye, well, Julian Gressel thanks you for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, rolling back, we were, we were talking about the extra slot or we were talking about stacks and, and what to do with that extra slot. Um, what do you do with the extra slot? Um, I, I have recently been reserving it as like a superstar slot. Um, so I recently started playing uh, champion America D three because I have two super rares. I now have a third. So I have some flexibility, but like, I think part of the problem I had is I, so I had these two super rares. So those were two spots in my D three lineup. Like I didn't ever consider playing four rares and one super rare. I was not going to play five. I didn't buy super rares so I could play five rares in D three. And so I was kind of not stuck, but I, I have a midfielder and a defender so that those spots were taken like in my D three lineup. And so the, the, the other spots I was I obviously have a goalkeeper that I was a rare goalkeeper, and then I had a rare forward, and I feel like I have some pretty good rare MLS forwards. Uh, so then it was like, what do I do with this last spot? Do I try to build? Do I get another defender from the defense of the you know the team that I have my other defender for? Do I compare it with my goalie, or do I just kind of play this just my best my next best card uh, that I you know. Do I play that? And that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, obviously, I don't have a lot of super rares, so my D3 lineup is probably going to be generally the same every week um, yep. because I have – well, now I have a third super rare, so I guess I could play around a little bit with that. But um, I don't know. Just, I don't have enough cards for it to, like, totally change what I do. It's that, it, And it almost makes – I mean, it does, not almost. It makes it easier for me because I'm not – I don't have these huge lineup decisions. I just play the cards I have. Yeah, for sure. Um, even right now, I do a lot of that, and I have a lot. Like I, like I say, I have a lot of cards. But even then, like, so I have some lineups that make a lot of sense, and you look at them, and you're like, oh, okay, I see the correlation, or I see why he did that. Some of them are just like, whoa, where, why that guy? What it doesn't make any sense, and that's just that's just what was left over, or uh, uh, I tried to focus my my energy on other lineups, and then these are the guys that are left. And sometimes that's just what happens. Um, 
And we talked a bit about kind of planning our lineups out when we purchase cards. Um, something that I was kind of thinking about earlier today was seasonality. And especially when we look at, say, Champion America, where we have all these different leagues starting at different times. That's not really the case so much um, in Europe because they all generally start around the same time. But you look at like Argentina, Mexico, MLS, they all start at different different times. So I have some U23 lineups where um, they kind of pull players from all of those regions. Um, and the hope is, is at some point I'll get them all together. <laughs> right. Uh, and when that's not the case, I can hopefully have enough to play them in, in division three. So, uh, cause I'm referring to some super rare cards that I have right now. Yep. So want them all playing together so that I can maybe play in division two. If they're not, then, then I think I have maybe two here, two there that I can pair together and play in division three. Um, so seasonality is really important uh, when constructing a lineup because you need the, you need them all playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great as point. As silly and as that sounds. Yeah, and and we kind of talked about that a little bit of just people who are just starting out when you're building an all-star lineup for uh, D4 for the threshold. Like, you can't buy guys who don't play at the same time because at some point, you know, if you buy five cards and you buy, you know, two from MLS and two from Challenger Europe and one from the J League, it's like, there's not enough overlap throughout the year that you're, you're going to have to buy more cards to compete if you want to compete all the time. Yeah. I saw uh, in chat over here, I saw Rio Hatate. Is that how, how you say his name? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I saw his name mentioned. It's going to be really interesting in seven or eight days when all of those U23 players become not U23 anymore. Um having a chat with Sean today and, and was just kind of like thinking about who are the elite players now. And I think Rio might be the one of the elite U 23 um, players um, for this summer. I mean, you'll have Rossi and uh, uh, Tati from uh, NYC. Who else yeah. really is there uh, in the MLS that you would consider elite U 23? We also lose, uh, Marcinkowski, who's one of the few like U23 goalies. So like yeah. the J League has a lot of goal or like under 23 goalies that are still very young. Sure. And so, um, but they're also losing Matoma and uh, Tanaka's transferring, and uh, uh, Kikuchi is no longer going to be U23. Which oh, I, I feel so bad for all you Kikuchi <laughs> owners out there. You're hundreds every week. Every week, I feel awful. Um. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, there are, um, that's why uh, Dan Bramlett has said it was the, the U23 purge. Yeah, for um, sure. And honestly, like if if I had a little bit of cash right now and I was looking to like uh, really invest some money and, and go for like an elite lineup, I'd look at U23 Division 4 and I would go through so rare data's rankings page. I'd find all the players that are no longer going to be U23. And then I would find the top players or maybe even that next tier down that are going to become the top players because those tier two. And, and when I say tier two, I don't mean that they're actually tier two in the game, but they're not the top tier players. Um, those next, next tier down, they're going to become top five, top six players now. And, 
you go buy those players up, all of a sudden you have an elite U23 team right now. Do you think we'll see any price decreases on these guys when they lose the U23? It should be priced in. Like People should be aware of that, that it's coming. Uh, I think people are not paying that much attention, and I think that it will uh, affect prices. But I'm not going out buying Chris Mueller for you know, top dollar because I know here in a week he's, he's losing his U23. But I mean, the, the guys that we mentioned early, like they're still just elite wherever they play. Like Kikuchi, you're going to play wherever you can. That's fine. That's fine. And he's going to be elite and all-star and champion Asia. But now U23 got softer. Yeah. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make is U23 is softer. Yep. Yep. I like that. Um, I'd, frankly, I don't even know how you can make a lineup for Champion America U23 with, with the goalie situation. You'd need a Choa. And that's it, right. right. Yeah, or I guess, doesn't Hassel, isn't he going to start during the Gold Cup? I, uh, no? I thought he didn't, or Kirk Ho didn't get called. Or maybe okay. that was for the, uh, for the... He's Canadian, right? Yeah, whatever they just played. Nations League or whatever that stupid tournament is that they just played. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe he does. If anybody has a common uh, David Ochoa, I would love to get it somehow. See, it all comes back to those. Uh, there oh. you go. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, Hassel's also on the uh, preliminary roster, right. so he At could go as well. Yeah. Yikes! Great, great. Um, actually, uh, so I thought I was getting um, pulling a fast one here with. Uh, Luis Barraza from New York City FC was the backup for Sean Johnson. I was like, oh, he's U23. Uh, he just he just turned 24. So. Yeah. Uh, Galiza's backup, he's U23, right? He is. I wonder, is he still going to be U23? I haven't... Brandon Austin, I believe his name is, right? Yeah. And then the other one is, didn't somebody just randomly start for like LA or yes. uh, LAFC? And he yes. was... Uh, 20, but he doesn't have a card in the game. No card. Yeah. He's 20, but no yeah. card. That's yes. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Matt Freeze in, in Philly if he ends up being okay. a starter. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, Jimmer has a common Ochoa. Of course he does. Man. Want to buy Ochoa common. That's all. Um, no, but I think. Uh, I think that's a great point that, yeah, U23 theoretically gets very soft after this. Um, the purge. Do you think, so we don't really know yet what the prize pools are based on in terms of how many cards are paid out. They told us that they're based on the number of clubs that are playing. But I feel like the the confusion with the international tournaments, I thought they admitted that it's actually based on the number of players from licensed teams that are in the player pool. And if that's the case, theoretically, we should see a drastic decline in U23 prices because those players shouldn't, like the number of players from licensed teams that are in U23 aren't there anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of that, that like where it's like kind of half explained from the so rare team that can be kind of annoying where you're like making financial decisions or choices based on, I don't know, a bit of hope uh, or just maybe even like a, a slight understanding of something. And it's like, yeah, can they just come out and provide a little clarity on some of these things? 
Be nice. I'm, I can't believe you gave them credit for giving us half of an explanation. <laughs> well, they did have a blog post or a medium post where it supposedly explained all this, but you're right. The international stuff really throws a wrench in it. And it's like, how does that even factor into any of this? I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, Copa America. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you were saying just this week and obviously midweek we have midweek in the summer is always going to be very reduced right. prizes, but like the U23 prize pool was tiny this week. And these guys are all still U23 eligible for two more game weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get the last bit of utility out of those guys. What do we got this weekend? Squeeze and the juice, then <laughs> orange out yeah. of the juice one last time. <laughs> and then next midweek. And then that's it. That's it. Cause I do, I do have Chris Mueller and that's like we talked about earlier. That's a player that um, he's, he's scored pretty well. He's still considered U23, even though he's 24 years old. Um, I think even his cards last year said 24 on him, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I feel like he should be 25 now, <laughs> right? but, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to squeeze those out. But then also, um, this is a it may it may even be too late to plan for for a week from now. But uh, I don't know if if it were me, I'd be getting a leg up right now and trying to uh, kind of figure out who those under the radar players are. How confident are you that they will get every U twenty three player who's no longer U twenty three eligible right after July first? Meaning, like. Do you think some people will be able to play 24-year-old players in U23 after July 1st? I think birthdays are something that are pretty easy to, to code. Uh, if they mess this up, uh, oh boy. <laughs> I hope they get uh, it right. I think that... I So I went through it last year, um, and I don't remember there being any issues. So take that with a grain of salt. Were there even matches? <clears throat> In July, like July 1st, I guess they're, oh yeah, yeah I we, guess the Premier League was going on in it. Yeah. I, th I think we had MLS at that point. Cause uh, that seems about any, right. Anybody in chat know when we got MLS last year? I think it was June <laughs> is when MLS came back. It, it was May or June, something like that. Yeah. So uh, Alan Heffelfinger says, guys whose 2021 cards say 23, are you 23 still or no? It doesn't so matter what says on the card. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it says on the card. It's literally just their birthday. If they are 23 after July 1st, we actually don't even know if it's on July 1st or after July 1st. But Oh, yeah, good point. I, I haven't seen any July 1st birthdays. But anyway, if they are 23 uh, after July or yeah, after July 1st, then they are okay. If they are turning 24 before July 1st or before. Yeah, July 1st or before. Be. If they turn 24, then they are not eligible. Right. Um, so yeah. So if like MLS cards came out and they say 23, cause the guy doesn't turn 24 until like tomorrow, then you're not going to be able to use them in U23 after this week. There's, there were a lot of cases of like funny, funny ones like that where, uh, where, where players had 24 listed on their card, but they were still U23 eligible. Mm -hmm. Mike Mignon was one of them. Um, and Mueller was another one where people are like, what, why can I use him in U23? This makes no sense. His card says 24, but that's, that just happens to be when the card was designed yeah. or made or whatever that they, they uh, put 24 on there. But really it was, you know, I don't know. Weird the, uh, Alan just said, Dewan Jones turned 24 literally today. Um, happy birthday to Dewan, but uh, yeah, you won't be able to use him until, or you can still use him for, six more days. Yeah. Um, 
Oh man, it's July 1st. Oh, it's a Thursday. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say the next game week actually falls on July 1st, but it's July 2nd. So that was, oh man. I wonder if they'll get that part right where they actually get the conversion done in the middle of the week before the game week starts. I, th- I feel like they probably will. They're probably working on that now, I hope. I hope. I hope. Well, my fear is like he was 23 when I – he was under 23 when I submitted my lineup. <laughs> so why can't, why can't I play him? Um, yeah. That's going to be ugly. That's all. Um. So I have my own line of question that I brought up to you earlier today. Yeah. And um, I did not hear your response about this, but I, it's critical for me this week. Um, so my champion America division four lineup, which I have made had on so rare data since the current game week started, I pretty much game week started and I immediately start making lineups for the next game week. But I had Montreal's Clement Jop as my starting goal goalie. I have a defender from Montreal that I usually pair with him. Um, but Jop went down at the end of yesterday's game. Um, he played, he finished the game after some sort of thigh tightness or whatever it was after a goal kick. They had no more subs, which is why he stayed in the game. So he is one option I have for this upcoming game week. The, and I have three others that I could potentially play. Aljaz Ivicic, if that's how you say his name, uh, who started for Portland last night on a ro- heavily rotated week in a heavily rotated Timbers lineup. And to be fair, they shouldn't be heavily rotating their goalkeepers. I well, I so I thought that as well. But like Steve Clark just came back from like a very uh, you know a two month long injury, and he's old. Now I say this: you and I both are Ivicic. Uh, card owners. So, mm-hmm. um, his biggest fans, right? So when he started yesterday, we were very, very excited. Um, so then, so I have him, he's, I guess I should say, so Jop is, uh, away to Nashville. Ivicic is home against Minnesota, which feels like a decent situation. I also have Franco Armani who used to be the Argentina number one and apparently is no longer, he, which is really I would not even, I would not even consider him as an option. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, and so the final one is a common Pedro Gallese, uh, which obviously I will not get the Orlando game. I'll get the Peru game. I don't even know who they play. Well, let's look real quick. That might matter. I mean, regardless, I'm probably playing him in all-star D4. But this is champion America D4. Do you, do you already have a goalkeeper for... Uh, I have a goalkeeper for for global d4 yes okay man that that changes that changes things here a bit because i i was thinking that these were your options and you had to you had to figure out which lineups to put them in but this is just champion america you have just one one of these three options yes i i also have uh stefan cleveland who i'm playing in d3 with my super rares yeah i'd leave him there yeah, because you have a pretty good D three. I would, I would leave him there. Um, My D three team is fine. It is currently finishing twenty third when the payout is twenty first for this current game week. And I'm, as I described earlier, I was tilting my face off about this because opta corrections have pushed me down. But yeah, I have a, I have a K league keeper in global D four, so I can't okay. play him in America. Right. Um, Galice is uh, Peruvian, correct? Mm-hmm. 
They play Venezuela, who's bottom of their group, but it's not like Peru's elite. So I don't know. I don't know that that matchup even matters there. You're basically kind of, I don't know, giving up if you play him, I feel like. But then who do I play? Well, real quick, I feel like you're waving the white flag if you play Galise and you're hoping to get like a tier three. Okay, I agree with Um, you. And... If it were me, I'm shooting. I'm shooting for the stars, and I want to. I want to try to win, win that matchup. However, I probably play. You have Zellerian uh, as your top midfielder, right? Yes. You have him in D three. Yes. Good. Um, that's what I would do. Uh, I would play my weaker team in D four with with. <laughs> I would do my homework. Tonight, as late as you can, before you go to bed, see if there's any more injury news on Clement Job. If I don't see anything else, I'm playing him. I'm rolling him. Roll him in there. Put him, put him in there and uh, uh, play play your best best players besides Zellerian. Um, that I think that's the way I go. Uh, there's There was some belief that Job was time-wasting, um, but... Quotes after the game made it sound like they're had they had the sub they would have used it because that actually wastes time as well. Um, yeah. What what was he favoring? Like one of I don't know one of his legs. I mean, he's the only guy who can use his hands, but it was a leg problem. Yeah. The only reason I ask if it, if it was like an abductor or something like that that you you know probably isn't going to heal quickly. I mean, if it's a leg, it could just be like a sprain and all they need to do is tape it up and he'll be fine uh not that worried about it but uh i don't know good luck on that one but i i think i do play i, I do play clement diop <laughs> yeah i think that's the way i have to go with it um if either starts again i'm just happy that he's starting again though if he starts again i might have to sell him yeah Although- <laughs> Although I looked at the market and and uh, he's still kind of cheap, I was like, maybe I'll buy another one. <laughs> I I did so I did that with with Stephen Cleveland. Um, I got Cleveland like five seconds after he um, started that game over that Spencer Ritchie was supposed to start. Yeah, that was the first one that after Fry got hurt. And out of I, curiosity, what did you pay for him? Point one. Damn. Nice. Uh, Point one, and I think I was like the third or fourth person to get one that night. Yeah. And there were few others. And to this day, I'm like kicking myself that I didn't buy at least one other one, both because I think it's possible he starts the rest of the year. I think it's possible he starts forever, like, you know, beyond this year at least. Um, and I think that there's a non-zero chance it happens to Ivacic too because he's significantly younger than Clark and Atanella, who are, you know, there's nothing special about them. And why not try to get another one? I pay, I, I mean, Ivicic, I paid, you know, a third of what I paid for Cleveland, I think. Yeah, yes. I and he's on one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. Cleveland and Ivicic is pretty good. I mean, Portland and Seattle, those, those are teams you probably want pieces of. Yeah. I don't I, I don't follow Portland enough to know how elite they are right now or how well they're they're doing, but uh 
I don't know. Seattle has clearly made the right choice. Uh, Cleveland's playing well, and and they're playing well. And have they even lost a game yet? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Alan just asked, do you look to stack midfielders with goalkeepers? That doesn't. That thought doesn't even really uh, cross my mind. I know that the midfielders get minus two, and that whenever they concede or whatever. But I don't. I don't. I don't intentionally put them together. If it happens, it happens based on you know pure luck or whatever. But I don't look to play them together. So. Here's another lineup dilemma I have for this week, specifically on this topic. Um, I have a Olsen five-man stack that I think I'm splitting this week for their Asian Champions League game. And I think I'm doing... So I have a goalie, defender, two midfielders, and a forward. And one of the f- midfielders and the forward are, are very decisive dependent. Like the, I'm getting 38 at best if they don't score. The mid, the other midfielder is um, somebody described him, which I think is a little aggressive. But they described him as the Korean Kevin De Bruyne, which uh, I think of it every time I see Yunbit Garam's card. But okay. I'm playing basically goalie, defender, and Yoon together, captaining Yoon, and then using non Olsen forward and extra spot for my one of my lineups this week. And it was one of those that like. Yoon probably correlates better with it's Vako and Lucas Hinterseer, uh, who are the other guys. <laughs> I like how you're some K League expert over here now. No, no, no. It's, it's just <laughs> these guys. Um, like, I know. literally <laughs> these five guys. It's just funny hearing you talk about like these these guys that. Why are we Why are we talking about these guys? <laughs> this is what Silver is all about, man. <laughs> I'm a Kaylee. I'm gonna just cracks me up. Jersey uh, after this weekend. That's uh, funny. Garam, if that's even how you say it, is the Korean Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I might have to buy that one. It, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Well, just go to so rare data. Tons of green dots. It, it's great. Okay. But I'm playing him with the defender and the and the goalie. They're heavily favored in this matchup, so I'm expecting a clean sheet, and I'm expecting him to have a good game. But I almost feel like pairing him with the other two guys who are really score sheet dependent to make an impact kind of limit. Like I almost, I don't want to rely on them on needing all of them to do well. And so if I can only need three of them to do well, and then I can play two other guys um, that are basically MLS guys, like why wouldn't I just do that? Yeah. I get into that same scenario a lot of times where it's like, I don't want to waste somebody that I know is going to be elite with somebody that is decisive action dependent. And you look at forwards, I would say 99% of forwards are decisive action dependent. There's very few that will churn a good all around out. Uh, we talked about Cavallini earlier. Um, he team t- tends to, to pull out a decent all around. Um, but still, I mean, it, we're, we're still not talking. He's still not pulling like 65 points out of, out of his all around on a regular basis or anything like that. You really only see that from midfielders. And I think that is actually kind of a flaw in the scoring matrix a little bit. Although, if you're a forward, you, your goal is to get goals and assists. So, eh. Um, but I, I know what you're saying there where I don't like to I don't like to waste those elite players. Like if I had like a Carlos Gil, would I, would I want to waste him with, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of random MLS guy, random MLS yeah, forward, like, 
Yeah, yeah, Chicago, perfect example. Like putting them there with Barrick, that that's a ballsy move. That is a ballsy move, and it it paid off. But uh, I think in, in a lot of weeks that doesn't work. Like, luckily, they were playing Cincinnati this week. Right. Um, you know who one forward who has like one of the best all around scores in on so rare is Rio. Rio. Yeah, Rio. Yeah, yeah, and that's because he doesn't play forward. Right. <laughs> Which is, is weird because forward the forward cards don't get a lot of the other stats that he's. No. So how's he doing this? I, I you know I haven't even done my research. I own the card. How's he doing this? I don't know, but I play it all the time and it's great. He doesn't get on the score sheet is the problem. You you'll very rarely get it like an eighty or ninety from him. Yeah. But if you need fifty five, he's your man. With Tanaka leaving, will they will they move him around to maybe play midfielder forward or or something? I think so. I hope so. I mean, the, the guy plays everywhere. Like he was playing left back for a little bit, and then he plays central mid. He can play on the wing. He really doesn't play actual forward much. Um, hmm. but yeah, he's fun. At least one more year of U twenty three too. Um, yeah, I think I think right now he's gonna be uh, top five, top five forward U twenty three going forward. At least going into maybe the next month. Before Europe starts. Before Europe starts, yeah. Yeah. Um, he might be number one. Maybe, yeah. I haven't looked at the rankings. I know I know Rossi is really underperformed, but yeah. he, he's got to be up there in Tati. Uh, his, I how's he been doing this year? He's fine. Like, yeah. he hasn't been elite uh, yet. But he's got to be up there, too. He started well, though, yeah. Yeah, they slow down. Um, yeah, okay. Um, those were all my lineup questions for... And now I actually have to go make lineups. Yeah, I haven't done any lineups yet. Not a single one. Me neither. Yeah. I try to I try to wait and, you know, I mean, this is the lineup bundle, so I try to wait as late as I possibly can just in case there is any news that may be relevant. Um Typically on a Thursday night, we're not getting a lot of MLS news for the weekend, but hey, that's the one thing I will say I liked about the old deadlines. Uh, it was Friday at like what, 10 a.m. or something like that, or 11, maybe 11 a.m. your 11 time. For you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was nice because we did get a little bit of extra time for, for news uh, for the European games. Uh, by the time those deadlines rolled around, it was. 5 p.m. there or 6 p.m. there. So they had already had their weekend pre- press conferences. Yeah. So any player news that, that may be relevant, we would get. And right now it's like, eh, we're not getting it. And I, I, I guess I've, I've heard that the explanation for this is that they want to fit all the games into game windows and they don't want to have empty, empty windows. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not saying I want to. Imp- I want cards to to fall outside of game weeks, but I would rather them just just move the deadline up. Up meaning later. Yeah, and then have all the games before fall into the previous games right. game window. And if they need to push rewards back a day, fine, push the rewards back. I don't. I don't think people would be that upset about that. Well, right now you're not getting rewards for the current game week anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, even if even if though the case was like, oh well, uh, it 
we have to manually do something to to mint rewards, you're going to have to wait 24 hours for them. I'd be fine, sure. I'd rather have the extra news and then uh, have all the games fall into Windows. I think that's the perfect world. I think on the Friday deadline, it would mean you're not getting rewards till Monday. Oh, because they don't want to work on Saturday. Or yeah, Sunday. They, yeah, their team needs to grow then. I'd be fine waiting till Monday. Like it stinks, but like if it means that the deadline gets moved to where we get some actual news on Friday, I feel like that's more valuable. Ugh, I don't know. It'd be like it'd be like Christmas Eve was on uh, on December twenty second, and Christmas <laughs> Day was December twenty fifth. <laughs> and the presents are just sitting there yeah. waiting, and you can't yeah. touch them. Exactly. Would the would the kids like that? No, they would, would not. Be- no, no. What it would be great is if the little jiggling gift box was there from Friday until Monday, but you couldn't mm-hmm. actually click it. That's the experience everybody wants. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We won't suggest that question. That uh, suggest. I'll put it in feedback right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, dangerous place there. Um, anything anybody, else? Anybody else in uh, chat have any any questions for us before we? Uh, we call it a night. I know Jemmer's Jemmer's got to have a good question for us. He's he's wanting a, wanting us to captain Hans von Aachen. Helpful. Yeah. I thought he was telling me to captain Clement Giop at first, and I was like, that seems like I'm really sticking my uh, my neck out on this guy, but I guess not. Yeah. Sp- speaking of which, I I think I I uh uh. CC'd you on a on a tweet that somebody put out there where they captained a goalkeeper, and they, I think they won a card. Uh, if I had close. captained if I had captained Clement Jop in my D three lineup, I would have won a card. What were you doing? What were you thinking? I captained the guy I thought could score a hundred. <laughs> he didn't score a hundred, but that was the worst part. I I think my my captain was my lowest scoring player. Now I have to look and just really rub it in. Uh, Jimmer did have a question for us. He said, do I play a common Achoa in D4 to create a long shot D3? The answer That's- to that is always no, but you might want to do it because it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think knowing the way that Jimmer plays, he should absolutely do that. That's my I, response I, to it. I will say... You shouldn't do it. I would do it. Um, but it'll only work if you do it, Jimmer. Right. Yeah. It, like if I did be, it, it wouldn't work. But if right. You do it, it'll be it'll Monday, work. and he'll be like, hey, guys, guess what worked? <laughs> that My thing D- you told me not to do. Yeah. Anyone see who podiumed D3 with this long shot lineup? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't think it's that bad. I think if you're playing D4 for threshold, then you should always, I mean, not like always play a common, but like you should pretty much not make the goalie a priority. I guess it depends on how long of a shot we're talking about here. Right. Like if that D3 team is like, I don't know, has multiple players that are questionable to even play, then I don't know. I might not do it. I think if you have five, I mean, the... Obviously, after this bloodbath of lineup rotation we saw this past week, but like if you have five starters in D three, 
because you're playing a, a common Ochoa in D4, that seems worth the risk to me. Yeah. But if the long shot is like three of these guys haven't played in six weeks, then I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, even if they're starters, if they're just like meh guys, it's going to be tough to win D3 with meh guys because D3 pays like 5% of entrance or something or 4%. It's like some ridiculously low number. Like if, if I had to make a sacrifice to play D3, I think right now is the way the prize structure is. I don't do it. Maybe down the road if they added tier two prizes into D three or something. But right now it's like okay, you're you're sacrificing your D four that pays a lot of cards right now. Yeah. To try to win, you know, a five percent a five percent chance at something, and you don't even have a good lineup. Yeah, I mean the global D four payout is now around five percent. Um which is it is basically the threshold we got to where people were like, this is getting ridiculous. And they vastly increased it to 5%. Like we're back to where we were when we started complaining. Yeah. Man, there's some fun stuff coming in chat right now. <laughs> like, you, you know how I feel about Westberg. Westberg had COVID and his entire family contracted it right before the season started. That's why he was out so long. Any interest in him now? Bono's still priced higher. Wow. That's some I, interesting news. I don't think that's true. Hmm. The only reason I say this is because he's been with the team the entire time. Like he didn't have a long time away from the team. He was on the bench, wasn't he? Right. Like they, it was just before their Champions League game, and he something happened to him, and maybe that's when he got COVID. But he was on the bench the very next game, and. Yeah. I don't know. I that situation is just a total stay away from me. Yeah. Like me if you too. have one of them, then you're kind of stuck. But like, I would not want to buy into that situation. Right. Yeah. If I were in it, I would be trying to maybe figure out a way. I would be trying to figure out the way out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I I wouldn't I I wouldn't maybe overreact. Like if I had Westberg right now, I might I might hope that he plays five games in a row and then you have a, a good L5 score. People see five games in a row that he played. And then I think that it's a little easier to sell that type of player. Um, Alan's got a good question. Have you ever looked at the percentage of card winning lineups in D4 that have commons? I have not. It's incredibly low. Yeah. Um, it may not be now with the number, the increased number of rewards in D4, but I still, I still imagine it's pretty low. I don't think anybody's making like a reasonable lineup card, like a card winning lineup with a common goalkeeper. You can get hit 250 though. Like you can definitely get there, but I don't think, I think if you're playing to, to win cards every week, then a common goalkeeper is not enough for like, for the most part. Um, yeah. Jim are saying this is misleading. Like I think the, the understanding is that if you're using a common goalkeeper, you're doing it to reach 205 or 250, but doing it to win a card. So actually, if I, so the payouts are probably not as bad as we think they are if you're really only considering lineups that have five rare cards. Because um, if you basically look at all of the lineups with common goalkeepers, if you think those do not win cards, then there are fewer lineups that you have to beat to win one. Hmm. 
That's all. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading uh I'm reading chat right now. It's just more more talk regarding Westberg, Westberg Bono situation. Yeah. Man, just after the first game he came back and he tried to dribble one of the uh attackers on the other team and immediately gave the ball away and they scored. It was like, ugh. Yeah, I was going to say he actually has to play 6 games because you have to get the the 21 points he scored in his first game out of the L5. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in the MLS, everybody's got a bad score in their L5, except for except for maybe Blake. Or Hamid. I I don't think Hamid's had a bad one since he came back. Yeah, which I sold Blake before the season started, which I am still kicking myself over. Yeah, Jimmer's making me think differently about D4, a global D4. But Jimmer also loves his random tier threes, and I, I get picky with those. Me too. <laughs> They're trash. But you love They're the excitement. trash. You love the excitement. <laughs> I do love the excitement. <sighs> um, all right. I think I'm cutting us off here. Works Unless Jimmer has one more question. But no, we'll cut it off. Um, so yeah, once again, this is the uh, Silver Andrews podcast. This is a lineup bundle. If you're interested in Kikuchi was T3. He loves bringing that up. <laughs> Sorry. There was another comment from the, uh, from the peanut gallery there with Jimmer. Um, if you're interested in any of the previous episodes that we've done, you can find them all on YouTube, uh, as well as on any of the audio version or wherever you listen to the audio version of the podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed this one, if you could please hit the like button below. And if you're listening to the audio and have enjoyed it, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Uh, finally, yeah, this is so red Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. We will be back next week with another topic. If there's anything you, uh, would like us to cover, feel free to reach out to us. You can find uh, me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. You can find Andy at ablack86. We're also uh, available in the, the uh, So Rare Discord, although I think I'm under, oh, I am under Lairdin, Lairdinho there. Black is under uh, Black, so reach out. Uh, thank you for that. Andy, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.